Welcome back to Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. I'm Pam. I think I'm Chuck. <laughs> Some days you wonder, Chuck? or maybe you just want to change your identity. Let's say I don't want to be Chuck, if you but could I think be I am. Any actor, who would you be? In what regard? Um, like you could take on that person's life because hmm. you've admired their work so much and you have admired them as a person. Who would you be? Hmm. Hmm. I, I, I think maybe Clooney. Okay. Uh, he, he does a lot of, he, he's very much, uh, you know, he does a lot of activist work. Okay. He lives in Italy on a, on a lake. Nice, yeah, that, uh, that Como Lake, that yeah. That Como Lake thing. <laughs> yeah, he's made some decent movies. You could do worse than him. Yep, true. Very, very true. What about Good. you? Yeah. Um, I think I would be Aubrey Plaza. Mm. And not because she's absolutely adorable and she wears the cutest outfits, although I did have some issues with the outfit that she wore. The What was that for? The SAG? SAG Awards, yeah. SAG, yeah, there's poor some thing. jokes there. Oh, no, man. not poor thing. Oh, you, you, you know what? You no. shouldn't be criticizing somebody on what they wear. No, but no poor thing. She wore it and knew the risks that well, were inherent to that. Right. You know. She is bold. She's daring. She says what she thinks. And I admire that in a, a woman to be able to do things that she takes chances. Some things are flops. Some things are really good. Mm -hmm. I think she's got a really snarky sense of humor. And I think she's an amazing actress. So mm -hmm. I think that's who I would pick. At least today, that's who I would pick. You know, a favorite of, of mine, and I think you've come to like her too, uh, Haley Lou Richardson. Mm -hmm. uh, there was an interesting article on her in the uh, New York Times this week. Oh, really? Yes. Really? Yeah. Good it was for her. Re it was really cool because it was talking about her being an emerging star because of White Lotus. And it's a shame that's the thing that's had to get her noticed. Right? But at least she's noticed. Right. Uh, and how she went to Fashion Week for the first time. Oh, yeah? And suddenly there was... Yeah, and there was a Jennifer Coolidge drag queen that they had <laughs> sitting next to her. Uh, and just her reaction to everything and, and how things are taking off for her. So look that up. That was, I will. That was an interesting article as well. Cause love her, too. Yeah, and you've interviewed her. Yeah, she makes good choices, like Aubrey Plaza. You know, I'm sure Marvel and those other big studios have come calling to these, these two ladies. And, you know, they, they do their own thing. Right. More power to them. Yep. Absolutely. So speaking of power, let's talk about the big one this week. The big one is Creed 3. Creed 3. I looked up a little information. Okay. And there are nine movies in the Rocky franchise. Yes, I know. I did not know that. Yes. I loved the first Rocky. Did you love the first Rocky? I love the first Rocky. I love the first Rocky because it's not a boxing movie. Exactly. It's a love story. Yes. Yeah. Well, in, in my review for Creed, I... I, Creed 1, Creed 2, or Creed 3. I'm sorry, Creed 3. Thank you. Creed 3. Creed 3, starring Michael B. Jordan as Adonis Creed, mm -hmm. the heavyweight champion of the world. I feel like I need to have like a gong behind me or something, or or two beautiful women in bikinis yeah, prancing around. Likely. Yeah, they, they, they don't do gongs at the <laughs> No, but yeah, okay. No, well, no. whatever. I heard a gong in my head. Um, and he is now retired as the heavyweight champion of the world. Mm -hmm. um, this story... Uh, He's got a lot of things in his past that he really hasn't faced. And that's what this story is about, is about the demons that are still haunting him, that he's buried, but they come to, they come to life again for him because an old friend of his named... Damien Anderson. Thank you, played yeah. by Jonathan, Jonathan Majors. Majors. I just wrote my review today. It's oh, did you? In my head. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need to look at my notes when yeah. I do that oh, yeah, the yeah. review. 
um, uh, shows up at his doorstep almost quite literally. And he's got a few secrets that are buried and he's got to face, he's got to face the music because uh, Damien has taken one for the team with what he did when they were younger. And he was in the penitentiary for many, many years. He's asking our heavyweight champion for a chance in the ring. He knows that he can, he can be the next heavyweight because that's what he wanted to be when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so this story is about friendships and loyalty and uh, family. Um, unfortunately, there's just way too much boxing <laughs> for my taste. <laughs> okay, so this movie takes a long time to get off the ground. I looked at my watch. And, and, and yet you said that there was too much boxing. Yeah. There's initially boxing, and then there's, as you just said, a long time before yes. there's more boxing. Well, there there is, and there's just not a lot that happens in that hour and ten minutes before we get to, quote-unquote, the main event of the storyline. Um, I feel like it should have been trimmed down a little bit. Um, You know, cinematically, this is amazing. I thought the cinematography was absolutely incredible to capture the brutality and the violence that boxing is. I think that's what, and I know they used a lot of the same techniques with Rocky. I mean, obviously a little bit more refined now just because of the number of years that have gone by and the technology has changed. Um, I didn't... I felt the blows in Rocky in the initial one, but I, I, I wasn't as affected by them as I was in this one. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because I'm getting older and boxing is not one of my favorite sports. Um, I don't agree with it on a, a moral, ethical basis. I think it's, you know, you're going to end up with Parkinson's, too many blows to the head, how many concussions. They did bring that up, which I give them credit for. Um, there were also a couple of uh, flaws in the movie that bothered me, and I'll get to that a little bit. But ultimately, this is about um, Adonis facing his past and coming to terms with it and growing up, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked the story premise. I just felt like it took a long time to get going. I, I'm really surprised at you. Really? I'm really surprised at you. Why? What now? Because I, I thought that this movie did a lot of things that most boxing movies wouldn't. And I thought it was a stronger movie because of it. And I think one of the two things that I really enjoyed during that whole hour that you were bored out of your mind was <laughs> the fact that, that they explored the family dynamic. I loved it. And okay, I, I put mean, that in on, my review on, too. The family dynamic mm-hmm. is very important there, and they wouldn't focus on that. I mean, the relationship he has with Bianca, his wife, played mm-hmm. by Tessa Thompson, is really strong. Mm-hmm. And the conversations they have and everything like that when you were bored, no, that is no. really the underpinning. But, no. but what else is happening during that hour that remember. you were bored was, to with? And it, then the relationship with the daughter. Right. The daughter is fantastic, and I love the fact that they are very inclusive because the daughter is deaf. Mm-hmm. And I love that they, they took the time and were inclusive of that and addressed that in that community with the signing and her inclusion and that kind of thing. I loved that, I, too. I, I thought that was fantastic. And you can't tell me that you were expecting that. No. Going into this movie. No, I wasn't. See, so I'm surprised that you would knock this movie because I figured that would help elevate it in your mind because it wasn't just the usual thing. It wasn't, and I think we lost track of the family dynamics toward the end of it. Well, of course you are because eventually we've got to... It's it's, all the fight. (laughs) In your review that it was... And and I, I did enjoy the family dynamics. I loved little girl Amara. I loved the fact that they did address her school issues that she was having and how Mm -hmm. she admired her father to a fault. Um, I did like those, those aspects of it. It's just, it was just so brutally violent that I'm sorry. Okay, go on. I'm, I'm done. 
Oh, well, I'm sorry you didn't like a boxing movie. This this is why I think you shouldn't see superhero movies anymore either. Okay. I, I mean, because they're just not your cup of tea. There are certain expectations and certain things that are going to happen in these movies. That, right. You know, there's no getting around them. If, if I leave a movie and say this was a movie about relationships and not you know, the the vehicle under which it was trying to, to get to that relationship, that's a good movie. It didn't do that for me. Okay. But you liked A Simple, A Little White Lie. I thought it was good. Tell me think... why. <laughs> you know what? You know, I think the basic premise of it was if we tell ourselves a lie over and over enough times, we start to believe that lie. Okay. And I liked how... Michael Shannon's character, who um, his name happened to be the same name of a famous author. Shriver. Who was a one-hit wonder, um, but a misogynistic asshole from today's perspective. Mm -hmm. And he was invited to speak at this podunk little college. And um, he, Michael Shannon, got the mail accidentally, and he accepted the invitation because it was like a free flight and free whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's just a, and I shouldn't say just a handyman, he's a handyman, doesn't make a lot of money for some crappy building that he Fleabag helps. Fleabag Hotel yeah. or something, yeah. And uh, so he thinks maybe this is his ticket out of there, at least for a short period of time, a weekend. Um, Kate Hudson plays the professor who is... Uh, the person who invites him, she's all, you know, up, up giddy because uh, Shriver actually accepted her invitation. And um, she's got some other demons that haunt her in the mm-hmm. form of uh, Don Johnson. Johnson. Another professor there. Yeah, that they had a little thing going. So, there, I mean, there are some interesting little stories that are backstory there. But I think, you know, the whole thing is that Michael B. Shannon's character of Shriver um, he starts to wonder if maybe he like kind of slept walked through one part of his life when he was, I don't know, doing drugs and drinking too much. And, and maybe this is a part of him because he starts to make memories of what he was doing in his past. Are they real? Are they not? And we question whether or not is this truly Shriver the author or is this Shriver the janitor? Um, I liked that. I had fun with it. I like that Don Johnson wrote a horse to work. Because he's a drunk and can't drive. Right. Right. So I yeah. take it you hated this? It was, a, I, I just didn't think they developed any of it enough. Okay. I mean, it's an interesting idea that mm-hmm. maybe he is, in fact, the guy and he's repressed this. Mm-hmm. But that kind of came out late in the film. And it's like, well, this should have come out earlier and you need to address this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the disappearance of a major character and then her reappearance. And the explanation of where she was and what she found makes no sense whatsoever. Okay. And the tone was all off. I mean, I was bored with this film. Okay. This needed, this needed a snap. This needed a, a, a quick uh, delivery of all the lines. It needed a, a bit of zaniness to it. Okay. To, to make it palpable. I was just kind of along for a slog. I'm like, where are we going here? It was slow. I mean, come on. Uh, this, this should have been a 90-minute movie. I kept thinking if Howard Hawks or Frank Capra had made this in the 30s and 40s uh, with Clark Gable and Barbara Stanwyck, and, you know, we would have been moving right along and everything would have been great. But at this point, I mean, I just thought, oh, there's a good idea here. It, it just wasn't there for me. Okay, okay. All right, so what else we got? <laughs> I don't know. I think you wanted to talk about linoleum. Linoleum. 
I, okay, I'm going to put it right there on the table, uh-huh. not on the floor. Get it, linoleum? Duh. Um, I enjoyed this movie. It's a uh, Jim Gaffigan film uh, about a man who's struggling in his relationship with his wife as well as in his career because he has been ousted and he is being replaced by someone who looks remarkably like him, but a much younger version. Um, this is a trip uh, down memory lane for, for the Gaffigan character. Do you remember his name, Walter? Yeah, I think so, Walter. Um, and we learn a lot about Walter's past and upbringing as well as his children and how they respond to his decisions and how embarrassing dad is because he's got this kind of Bill Nye's the science guy kind of TV show and that's what he's been ousted because this other younger guy is coming in to take take his place. His daughter has befriended this other Walter version, um, the son of this this man, and he's got a rocky road as far as his relationship with his father. Um, this is all about relationships between fathers and sons and daughters and parents and, and husbands and wives. And I I really you knew you knew the twist that was gonna happen and explain I, and it, it to me please. Cause I don't think I got it. Um this one bored me as well. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, I was crying at the end. Mm-hmm. I know. Oh. <laughs> you can explain it to me off the air. I will. I'll explain it off the air. Okay. All right. This seemed oh, to me, man. This seemed to me kind of like a low-rent interstellar. Okay. In which they wanted to do something really tricky with time, space, continuum, doppelganger, alternate reality. Seriously? Something. That's what I got out of it. I'm like, where are we going with this? Oh, okay. So without giving anything away to people that are listening, um, the very beginning, uh, the introduction, the narration mm-hmm. tells you everything that you need to know for the movie. So. I don't remember it at all. Okay. All right. All right. We'll, we'll talk about it off the air. Okay. Um, I thought. This I guess was... you've got to pay really close attention to this one, <laughs> or at least... Uh, the first two minutes of the movie. Okay. Oh, man, Chuck. <laughs> um, this ended up being a very sweet and touching love story, as well as a love story about life and how fleeting it is. Oh, my God, I'm going to cry talking about it. <laughs> you didn't like it. I just understand it. Okay. All right. For me, it was just trying to be a bit too clever. Okay. And I it, it lost me. Okay. Now, I'm getting old. Maybe it's the early onsets Alzheimer's. I don't know. <laughs> Ironic that you would say yeah, that. But, uh, yeah, okay. I don't know. I just didn't get it. All right. Well, tell us about the year between. Do I have to? You do. Uh, it was awful, really? It wasn't awful. It's <sighs> Maybe I'll like it because I think we have disagreed yeah, with everything. Yeah, we're not agreeing with every, anything we are not. this week. You know, it's, it's a movie. The year between was shot actually in uh, the Chicago area. Uh, so there's that. Uh, if you're from this area, you're going to recognize a lot of stuff uh, there. Uh, and it's the first time uh, film uh, for a young filmmaker who also plays the lead role. Uh, her name is um, Alex Heller. She wrote, directed, and stars in this. And she's a young woman uh, playing uh, Clements, named Clements. And she has bipolar disorder. She goes to college, makes her roommate's life a living hell, and she eventually has to go home. And Steve Buscemi is her dad, a uh, high school teacher. And a woman by the name of J. Smith Cameron is her mom. You don't know the name, you know the face. This okay. woman's been in a lot of stuff. Okay. 
and she's got a brother and a sister, and suddenly she's living back at home. She was supposed to be gone away to college. They converted her room. You're out of here. And suddenly she's back, and she is creating havoc for everyone because of her behavior, her uh, resistance to address her behavior. They take her to therapy. She wants nothing to do with it. She does questionable behavior. She's, she's all about her. And then we find out that mom has cancer. Uh, Bishemi's a lot of fun here because he's Mr. Optimist. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of <laughs> against type. Yeah. It, it, it is. It's kind. Of, it's against type, and it's, it was kind of fun to watch him. He was the guy. He's he's the guy who always wants to smooth over every problem. Oh, it's going to be fine. Everything's mm -hmm. great. Everything's great. Oh, don't worry. You know. So it was kind of fun to see him, and then he's always good. Yeah. Um, it's hard to make a film in which the main character is so ungodly unlikable. Yeah. And this character is. You okay. hate her. I hated her. Okay. I was trying to understand what she's going. I get it. Okay. I got, but goddamn. I mean, <laughs> you got to be able to connect with the main character. It's almost in as some if way. she wallows in this behavior and refuses to address it. And that's where my sympathy for her just was out. Did the you window. see any growth? <sighs> A little, but it wasn't convincing. Okay. It seemed to be. More of a uh, result of convenient screenwriting okay. than things that you see on screen where she's slowly, you know, growing or changing. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, it's first film for this woman. I mean, she, she, she takes some chances. I mean, this is a thorny subject. It's a timely subject. I mean, mm -hmm. mental illness. You know, so, you know, kudos for her to try and tackle it. But, you know, it's just... <sighs> I wanted to watch a Marx Brothers movie afterwards. Okay. <laughs> I needed something, you know, just going, oh, God, I, I need something just to, to lift my spirits here. So, yeah, wow, what a weird week. I don't think Is we've that? ever disagreed like this before. Right. So across the board. And, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so going back to Creed, because yeah. that bothered me. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, I felt like there were two different movies. Okay. I can see that. Um, I did enjoy the family part. And then... At an hour and ten minutes, then we get into the Adonis Creed getting back into the ring. Mm -hmm. And then there's that movie. So, in many ways, it felt like two movies. And I loved the family dynamics. And they're just, it was like two separate mm -hmm. stories that didn't intertwine enough. Okay. I'll, I'll, and I'll, I wouldn't bring I'll, my I'll... little kid to a boxing match either. Well... That bothered me. That's, you know, we, we can talk about things that are wrong with the movie. Yeah. I mean, those guys looked way too good after going at it for 12 oh, rounds. That fine. was a big problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And they're both way Not too to the old. Their characters are way too old to be doing what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, you could pick that crap apart. Yeah. But let me throw this at you. Okay. I think another element in the film is that it's talking about damaged masculinity as well. These two guys have been brought up in a time and in a, in a community where mm -hmm. they're not supposed to deal with their emotions. You're not supposed to show anything. So you pack that shit down. Pack that shit down. And I thought it was interesting that this film addresses that as well. You know, through his wife saying, you got to talk about this. Mm -hmm. And he has to learn the hard way that you can't, you know, run away from these problems. You've got to deal with this. That's good. Yeah, good point. And, and, and I thought that was an interesting aspect as well, especially the final conversation between the two of them at the end of the fight, uh, which I guess was silly. So Kind of. <laughs> Do they have to go through all that? And then it's summed up in a simple sentence from each of them. A little too simple. A little too simple. Maybe. Maybe. That was but, laughable to me. But I would, I would argue that most of the boxing movies 
haven't had that scene. Okay. It usually ends with the end of the fight and someone's cheering and blah, and we're done. Okay. So. Okay. All right. You're going away right. for a while, aren't I you? I am. Are you Maybe glad? That's a good idea. Maybe we just did. <laughs> Actually, though, I need to talk to you about that when we're. I'm, I'm going to maybe ask you a favor, and you might just be in the right mood for this now. Okay. Be interesting. Yeah. Okay. All righty. So, yeah, Pam <laughs> is going to go skiing, and if she doesn't break her knee, well, even if she does, uh, she's going to have knee surgery. So, uh, you're going to be out of commission for a couple weeks then. Yep. I'll be back uh, the end of March. Hobbling in the end of March. Yep. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Tune in. In a few weeks, we will be back. I hope. Yep.